Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. This is going to be a really special edition of the Baseball Dad Show because I'm going to share with you a recording I recently did with a former client of mine and one of my great friends, Joe Carabasi. You know, Joe was a client of mine for probably about seven, eight years, and we've been friends for, gosh, probably going on a decade now. And Joe and I recently decided to collaborate on a one-day virtual workshop for men called um, the Become That Man Workshop. And um, the reason why we did this is you know, sometimes as dads, we're so busy taking care of everybody that we don't get taken care of. We're so busy leading, we don't get led. We're so busy, um, you know, working um, in the things. We don't really spend a lot of time working on the things that it takes to be a great man, husband, father, and leader, and to and ultimately to be better for our kids so that we can be um, everything that they need when they need it. So Joe and I decided that we would do a live stream the other day where we each picked three things that we thought were really critical. Um, for men to, to, to really think about and to, and to have um, some insight into um, on becoming that man, husband, father, and leader. And so I hope you enjoy this recording. And also I want to invite you to that workshop. You can register for that workshop at becomethatmanworkshop.com, becomethatmanworkshop.com. It's coming up in mid-April. And if you can't join us for the workshop, there is an option to get the recordings there. Uh, so it's definitely something you don't want to miss because Joe is a, a pretty special person. Um, not only, um, you know, did I coach him and, and, and he was my client, I was also his client. He was one of the, one of the, the guys who really helped me get my health together when, uh, when I was kind of overworked, stressed out, burnt out, maxed out, and uh, really was just in a bad spot with my health. And probably, you know, it's been a good while now, <laughs> long ago, but Joe was def- definitely one of the reasons that helped me lose um, uh, about 54 pounds. And so uh, Joe is an expert in health, fitness, stress reduction, um, stress relief, um, and, uh, and and a million other things. So you will have an unbelievable time at the Become That Man workshop. So go ahead and register Become That Man workshop. Again, we'd love for you to join us live. If you cannot join us live, there is an option to get the recordings. And I really hope you're going to love this recording that Joe and I did. So here's the recording. Paul Reddick. What's up, brother? We are live. Joe Carabasi. What's going on, guys? Oh man, I'm pumped. I am pumped. Uh, I'm feeling good. You like? Do you like the uh, badass brick behind me? <laughs> I, I was first one to comment on it. I love it. I love it. From the yeah. streets. I'm in the streets podcasting with Paul Reddit. <laughs> Does it get any better on a Wednesday? What's up? Does it get any better than that? Yeah, awesome. So. We are uh, today, Paul. I'm, I'm pumped about this topic. I know you do a lot with dads. I mean, you have the five, six, seven dads that you coach and you mentor many other fathers and husbands and and leaders. And you got the Baseball Dads podcast, which over with over a million different downloads over the last year and hundreds of reviews. And so you're somebody who knows this arena really well. And I I've always had a passion for working with 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 dads as well from my own experience. And I think now more than ever, this topic is, is crucial and it's something that's not getting talked about. So I figured today we can just share back and forth some tips that have worked for our clients uh, who are men and are going through a tough time right now and and just rock it back and forth from there. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Ready to go. Ready to go when you are. All right, man. So when it comes to uh, you know where we're at right now, the state of the country and everything else, where do you think like the mindset is for, for dads and what do you think they need right now more than anything? Um, I, I, the first place that I start with dads is to help them see that everything emanates from them. 
right? So where the dad goes, the child will flow. It is, it is as simple as that. We, we try and we mimic our, our parents, um, especially fathers. Um, and oftentimes when a dad comes to, to work with me, they're looking for kind of engineering, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? How do I do that? Right. And it's engineering. It's kind of like assembly. You know, I need to put this back together. I need to put this back together and this put back together. But oftentimes is that if the engineering um, isn't the problem. It's the physics. You know, if you get the physics right, the engineering is really quite simple. And so one of the, the things I think we all have to realize is that a blank man will never raise a blank child. So an unfocused man will never raise a focused child. An unhealthy man will never raise a healthy child. A distracted, um, an addicted, um, an overworked man will never work, will never raise a child with a healthy work-life uh, work balance. Um, a, a, a man who's um, constantly on their phone and constantly addicted to their phone will never raise a child who's not constantly looking at their phone. Um, a man that is not present will not raise a child who is present. It is... It is it's cut and dry as that. So oftentimes it's the understandings that where you where you go, the child will flow. And that if we want to see a change in someone in our family, um, oftentimes we look at it's them. It's them and they. They have to change. They have to be something different. There's never going to be a chain, a positive change in them that does not start with us. So whatever change, uh, and, and I'll often, you know, I'll ask the dads in no like real systematic way, like, well, you know, like what are a few things you'd want to have happen, you know, in your family? Well, I'd, I'd like my kid to study more. I'd like them to be off the computer more. I'd like to, you know, whatever difference, um, you know, different things in the relationship, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. So let's start talking. Let's let's start talking about your behaviors and how you can be the model of that. You can be the example of that. Um, it's very easy for them to follow behind you um, when you are leading the way. And oftentimes when the changes that we kind of want to see outside of us um, are really things that are just kind of um, a byproduct of what we're putting into it. You know, so every, every family, every parent-child relationship is a recipe and you're, you, you know, we're one of the main ingredients and you just won't have a cake that, that, you know, rises and cooks and bakes and tastes right without the right flour, the right, I don't know, whatever else goes into a cake, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, you okay. won't have it yet. If you take out any one of the ingredients of a cake, um, it just ceases to be a cake, you know? So it, it takes all of those ingredients and some are more powerful than others, you know? So, it, you know, yeah. if you're making chicken soup, obviously the, the, if the chicken is wrong, nothing's going to be right. But you could also make chicken soup or kind of like maybe the vegetables are, are a little off. And that, and you know, it's, it's the vegetables seem minor, you know, in the soup, but it, but it changes, the, it changes the, the, the feel of all of it. So um, a blank man will never raise a blank child. And then you can kind of fill in the blanks from there. That's a great point. You know, mm -hmm. they, when you think about the, the baking example, for instance, when you put it, everything seems okay, right? Until it isn't. So you, you put it in the oven and right. if you don't have the right rising agents, then it's never going to rise. It's never going to be fluffy. It's not going to cook within, right? And that, that's a great analogy because, everything seems okay when you're on your phone, you're doing what you need to do. And then you don't realize when the kid is distracted on his phone, those types of tendencies and behaviors, and he's in a, going to adapt. You know, I think the biggest challenge for, for men to, to do these types of, to make these types of changes in, internally 
is time. You know, we are the busiest we've ever been, right? And there's yeah. we're constantly pulled in many different directions, especially as a father, a leader, business owner, brother, husband. I mean, you name it. It's a lot of responsibilities on our plate. And so it's like, well, how, I like for the guys out there who are like, yeah, like I know I, I need to take more time for myself, but I need that distraction. I need to do this. I need to do that. I just feel like I'm getting pulled in all these directions. I like to point you to the Eisenhower matrix. So President Eisenhower, during his administration, created this this matrix that he used to run the country, to run to run the free world, really. And it's really easy to see a visual of it, and you can feel free to download it later on. However, the basics of it is the four quadrant system. So just draw four quadrants on a piece of paper. And this is a way for you to start your week. This is a way to just get organized today, like something you can do right now to, to, to put into action a lot of the things that Paul and I will be sharing. So in the top left quadrant, it's going to be things that are in, that are urgent and important. So these are things with your kids, with your wife, with your job that have to get done today that are really important to your life. The top right are things that are important, but not urgent. And I, I don't know about you, Paul, but I think for men, this is where we lack. We don't do things that are important to us. We just do things that are important to everybody else. And we respond to the other parts of the quadrant. And so I would encourage all of the men right now, if you're not doing something in your life that is fulfilling you, that is important to you, you've got to sit down and identify what that is. And so the top right quadrant is important, but not urgent. And I feel like this is the most vital element of this whole chart. The bottom left corner is not important, but it's urgent. This is our email. This is our, our the ongoing group chats, right? The, the uh, fantasy football, the stuff that we have to respond to right away or or we feel guilty. And so we it sucks a lot of our time, but it's not important in reality. And then the bottom right corner is just not important and not urgent. And so these are things like Netflix that we can get to at any time that it's just not all that important to us. Uh, and it's not urgent, and yet we waste a lot of time there. And so what I would suggest is just in a very non-judgmental, objective way, take a few minutes and just brain dump on your head a piece of paper, everything, just write it down. Forget about the quadrants at first. Then draw those quadrants or just download a, a PDF of the Eisenhower Matrix. You can find one online. And start to segment your day and prioritize so that way you can start to get clarity but also start to take action towards the things that are going to better your life and do less of the things that aren't like Paul was saying, you know, you want your kid to be a, to live a balanced life, right? You want him to see athletics and to see school and to see relationships with friends and family as important things. But how is he going to do that if he never learns how to balance? Right. And, and so often yeah. right now there's just a, there's a requirement of school and then there's just the, the, the non-important, not urgent. So, um, Paul, what are some other things that you think could really benefit men, uh, you know, right now during this global pandemic? Well, I, I love what you said there, Joe, because that's like such a great reminder. Because um, I think especially as kind of responsibilities pile up in our life, you know, things that um, things that are uh, important but not urgent can sometimes pile up to the to the point where they become interruptive, right? health and things like that, where all of a sudden, well, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then all of a sudden you don't have a choice, right? You, you have a meeting with a doctor or you get a blood test or you get something um, along, you know, something that interrupts, you know, your kind of not now type attitude. So um, the, the next thing for me is uh, the number 23. And it's probably the most important number when it comes to being a father, nothing to do with Michael Jordan. 
Um, but at, at the age of 23, roundabout, your child's going to take their first step out into the real world. And so when they take their step, first step out to the real world, whether they are going to enter a school as a teacher, they're going to enter um, an office as part of a, a business team, they're going to, I don't know, show up at a, a whatever career or profession that they have chosen to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I like to have dads envision, you know, like your, your, your daughter is stepping out and, and stepping off the, the subway or the train or the, or the bus and entering her office for the first time. Or your, your son is uh, pulling up to the school where he's going to go in and teach his, his first class as a teacher. Who do you want stepping out of that car, stepping off that train, that bus or walking into that office or that school or that project, whatever they're doing? You want a healthy balanced, well-adjusted, confident, competent, um, young person who is resilient, who uh, is independent, who uh, knows how to be part of a team, knows how to work well with others, um, but also knows how to you know, be self-driven and self-directed. And so I often explain it to dads like this, you know, it's, it's like a funnel. And at the end of this funnel is, is 23. Right. And, and so you can draw kind of like a matrix here to to what age, you know, your child is at now. And so when they're really young, that this funnel is really wide. You can put a lot into that funnel um, as it starts to get narrow. It's really hard to put more stuff in. And a lot of what you put in will determine how much room there is for anything else to be. in. Right. So if you put a lot, you're putting a lot of stuff in here. And maybe it's not the right stuff and you want to put some new stuff in later, man, not only is there not a lot of time, there's not a lot of room to put things in. So I often ask, ask parents, you know, if you want that healthy, well-adjusted, confident, competent, resilient, um, you know, hardworking, independent, self-directed, but also a team player, a uh, person who's getting, going into that life, their real life, what has to go into that funnel? People will say things like love and contribution and caring and, um, you know, teamwork and, and they tend to they tend to say things that are like hallmark card, you know, um, you know uh, thoughts. And so I'll often have to point them back to, well, do you think having a tough loss is important to them being resilient and confident? Oh, of course. Do you think them maybe having to be on a team where where they're not the star player, um, and and they're you know they have to they have to kind of play their role in a team? I think that's important. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Do you think that maybe um, them being in a class uh, that maybe they're not so interested in, you know, that they're, you know, is it that they have to kind of do it? Do you think that's going to be important if they go to the workplace or they're going to their career? Do you think they're going to be involved in some things that don't like them on fire? Oh, yeah, of course, they're going to have to do that. Okay. So when would you like to put these in the funnel? <laughs> so the longer you wait, the harder they're going to put in. So if you want to, if you want your son to deal with a tough loss, you better get in that, you better get in that funnel early. Um, because if it's late, it's going to be really hard and there's not going to be a lot of room. If you want your child to be loving and caring and respectful, you better put it in early because if you don't, it really gets hard. You know, I, I, I've been really working with my sons a lot on on things that um, on just things, you know, you know, a lot of my background, Joe, just things I've learned in different places. And so this summer, we we every weekend, we kind of went out and did something we hadn't done. And so we were doing these really long bike rides. And uh so um, I always would tell them that two is one and one is none, right? That together, two is one and one is nothing. So two, you're one. When you're together, you're together. And that we got lost. We went out to one of the, the state parks here, Sandy Hook. We got lost. Did you get lost on and, purpose? 
No, 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 no. We just got a lot. We got legit losses. I can see you doing that. I'd be like, oh, boys. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were legit lost. And then I said, okay, this is the opportunity that to learn something from another part of my life. So we're not lost. We're together. Mm. And as long as we're together, we'll find a way. Flash fast forward three weeks later, I took him to the Delaware River to go tubing. And uh, long story short, I got sep- we got separated in this in the river. One son went one way, the other son went one way. There was a, there was an island going around. Long story short, they ended up on this island. I ended up not knowing where they were. I paddled all the way down like three miles to come back to them. We finally get back. Uh, I, I get the boat uh, uh, from the guy coming. We we go and find where they are. Um, but I lost. I didn't have them for like an hour. Um, I didn't know where they were. Um, they had they had life jackets on. There was people and stuff like that. And it wasn't that deep of water. I wasn't. I, I was. 5149 worried to not worry. And when I picked them up and they were they were a little rattled, but uh my my oldest son said, Daddy, we weren't lost, we were together. Wow. And I gotta tell you, if 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 we would have had the, the most wonderful float down the Delaware River that day and took great pictures and had fun, um, I don't think I I, I couldn't have planned it better for them to realize that they'll figure it out. You know, they asked for help from, from grownups. They went to the right place. They, they, they did, they just did everything right. But to me, like they got the lesson that they were together. Two is one, one is none. And they weren't lost as long as they were together. So for me, it's it's in that funnel. You know, if I'm going to put things in that funnel, a great trip down the Delaware river is yeah, is in there, but also too is showing them that they can respond in in situations. And uh, so that was a proud moment. As a father, I'll tell you the, the best part about it. If maybe we have time later, but <clears throat> yeah, edge of the sea. I, I, that's amazing. First of all, I mean, I, I think yeah. such, you know, it's putting them in the arena, right? Like just giving them the opportunity, taking them to do something like, you know, a float trip in the Delaware River. This only allows for experience. Experience allows for yeah. a level of confidence, I believe, and. The fact that they were able to draw that connection and, and put it to work, you know, it makes me think. When I know, look, looking back, when I was. Uh, you know, when I was four compared to eight, compared to 12, compared to 18, every few years, I was less and less moldable, right? Less adapted, yeah. especially boys, yeah. you develop this sort of like, I know it all mentality. And so the wider part of that funnel as you're younger is so important. And to those of you dads out there who, uh, you know, you might have a 14 year old, 15 year old, like, yeah, well, where were you, you know, 10 years ago, Paul Reddick? Uh, what I would say to you yeah. is this is something that my, one of my buddies, Eddie, Eddie Mileto said to me when I was like, ah, uh, yeah, you think I should start investing in the stocks? He's like, I was like, when's the best time? He's like, well, the best time was 20 years ago, but, but now's the next best time. Right? Yeah, the next best time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, so it's wherever you're at right now, you know, stick yeah. your foot in the ground and make a stand. And something, you know, I, th- I think what's fascinating about that story is, is inherent leadership as a father within you. Because a lot of a lot of dads right now are are scared to even take their kids and experience these new things out in the world, right? Let alone be able yep. to teach lessons. And so, for you, I, when you said that, what resonates with me with you have is confidence. And this is something I think a lot of us men struggle with internally. We might externally put up a you know a, a false sense of it, but one of the practices that I work with a lot of men, this is something that's worked tremendously for me is just a five minute routine in the morning to start your day off. Right. So that you're not reacting to the world. And, and look, if you wake up and your responsibilities are the kids, then this means waking up 15 to 20 minutes later to clear yeah. so that you have this five minutes. Cause it will be worth it. And so 
you know, I know everybody heard about meditation and we know it's very important, but it's hard sometimes for us to, to do it. Right. There's a lot into that, but a really easy way to start your day is, is this little mini routine you can adapt. So before your feet ever even hit the ground, just sit up and literally just pull your shoulders back because posture is such an important part of our overall emotions, right? Tony Robbins says to change your emotion by changing your motion. So pull those shoulders back, lift your chest up, arch your back, sit upright and just inhale in a feeling or an emotion you want to have, which I think for a lot of us, confidence, that's what I use. I use inhaling confidence. I consciously tell myself inhaling confidence and then exhaling doubt. And I'll do that three to six times with nice, slow breaths. And the beautiful thing about slow breaths is that it's pausing you, right? It's putting you in your parasympathetic nervous system. And so your presence in the moment. And when we're presence in the moment, we're aware that we are not an imminent threat. When we wake up, we hit that alarm. And all of a sudden we hear the kids crying. And all of a sudden we're like, oh God, I got to do this. I got to do that. We're running around. We're in our sympathetic nervous system. We're reacting to the day. And as you know, as a lot of us know, in the mornings and at night, our bodies are super sensitive. So we want to protect that time, even for just five seconds, five minutes. So after you do that quick breath work, which literally will take maybe a minute, you put your feet on the ground. And, and if your wife or whoever's in bed, you can take, you can go into another room, take a notebook and just ask yourself this very important question. First of all, what, what's on my mind? Get it out, right? Just, just dump it out. Cause if you don't get things out of your head, they're just going to sit there. And then secondly is to ask what part of myself needs to be seen and heard. You know, as men, we put forth, as, and I know women do this as well. We, we have the tendency to it. Anybody who's very nurturing in, in nature, we have a tendency to put everybody forward. Right. And, and oftentimes we don't really ever look at our internal needs. And so asking yourself, looking within, you had said earlier, when you, when you're looking outward for change, you're really just going to find frustration and pain because it, it's just, you can't control people. You can't control how they respond, how they act or anything like that. But what you can control is yourself. And the best way to control yourself is to look within and start questioning what's going on and why you're triggered. And so asking that question, what's on my mind, dump it out. And from there, what parts part or parts of me needs to be seen, need to be heard. Maybe it's the unsure part of you who has these things on his head is like, I, I don't know if this is going to work out at work. I don't know how I'm going to get the kids to, to practice today. I don't know this. I don't know that. Especially things like that. We tend to just bury down and react when it comes time to react. Or it might be something like the pusher inside of you who's like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to boom, bada, bing, everything. So whatever it is, just take a few minutes, what needs to be seen, what needs to be heard, write it down on paper. And look, th this can be as long or short as you need, but five minutes is a good way to start your day so that you're moving forward. And it really lends itself to kind of the problem that we find ourselves in, right? This social media dilemma with phones and, and social media it could be on a computer, but most of us are on our phones. And as adults, if we're waking up first thing in the morning and we're on our social media, which is never a good thing, right? What, like you mentioned earlier, how are we showing and what are we showing for our kids and how, how are they going to adapt? So I know you're very adamant about, you have a good uh, idea, a perspective on the social media issue. What would you tell dads? I mean, we can do this for ourselves, but, but what about for our, our kids? How can we provide a, some sort of structure around social media these days? Well, first of all, I love, like, I, I, I love that morning routine and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that. Um, and it reminded me there was a there was this um, 
this man that I became friendly with, who was part of our baseball community, actually played in the major leagues. Like had a major league baseball career, but very, just like, man, just a, just a, just such a down to earth, wonderful guy. And he he said that um, with his sons to practice baseball, he never wanted to force baseball on them. You know, he never wanted them to feel the pressure. So he just said, you know, five minutes every day. We'll just play catch for five minutes every day. And if at the end of five minutes they want to stop, they stop. And what he found is that most of the time they didn't want to stop, you know, once they kind of got going. And so, but he, he never, no matter how many times they kept going more and more and more, he always just said, nope, just five minutes, just five minutes, just five minutes. Because he knew had, had he turned it into an hour, like it would have lost his effectiveness. So I love that, you know, and I think that would be a really great thing for guys to do is to take that five minutes and just make, never make, you know, if it goes on for an hour, great. The days it needs to go on, it will go on. Right. And the days that, but everybody's got five minutes, you know, I, I love that. that's beautiful. Um, so for me, <clears throat> when it comes to social media, you know, um, I grew up in Union, New Jersey, which is a very blue collar kind of working class town right outside of Newark and Elizabeth, about a few miles from New York City. And so it was very a neighborhood that was very in tuned. And, you know, if if, it, if word got out, one of the other parents saw you hanging out with the wrong kids or with the wrong crowd, it was really kind of hard to do, you know, and be known in in my community, probably everybody that went to my school probably walked to school or, you know, really quick four or five block drop off or something like that. And it was really hard to get mixed up with the wrong type of kids if you were involved in that community. Um, I would caution fathers today that, and, and, and maybe this might sound overly dramatic, but there is a train barreling down the tracks at your son, your daughter. And they're sitting on the tracks or they're near the tracks or they're by the tracks. If we knew that, if we thought that was the case, we would do everything we could to get them off of those tracks. If we knew that train was coming, if we found out that they were hanging out with the wrong group of kids or they were in kids that maybe were into trouble or into some other stuff that we didn't want, we would do everything that we could in our power to get them out of that. Well, um, one of the things that is, it, it feels like every week, um, there isn't a dad that I talked to that doesn't say, Paul, I just found this on my kid's phone. Or we asked him for his phone, we wouldn't see it. Or we put one of those things that, you know, um, tracker, you know, that kind of that kind of reports their activity online. We had no idea. I mean, we had no idea. And these are good kids. These aren't, these aren't you know, uh, kids who are, who are having problems. Um, <clears throat> so I would, I, would, I would be very, very um, direct. And, and very, very serious, as serious as I can be. If you don't understand social media, your kids are hanging out. You, you won't even know that your kids are hanging out with the wrong group of kids because they're hanging out with them. Like it's in their, it's in their pocket. It's not on the street corner or down by the park or around, you know, behind the building or whatever. It is in their pocket and social media moves fast. Um, you know, I will bet, uh, we, we used to do these, these uh, dad seminars. And I say, how many, how many dads are on email? All the hands went up. How many dads are on Facebook? All the hands go up. How many dads are on Instagram? Few. How many are on Snapchat? None. How many are on TikTok? You know, if we were asking TikTok, none. Well, your kids are there. And they're like, oh, I can't listen. I can't, I can't watch that garbage. I can't, I can't get into that Instagram. I can't get into that. Yeah, it's not for you. But if you thought your kids were down at the down at down at the park, you know, late one night, you know, drinking or doing whatever. You, you, you'd, you'd want to know that they were there. You'd want to, you wouldn't want that influence on them. It's a very different world. And if we're going to ignore those worlds, those are, the, those are the pools that they are swimming in. 
And if we don't understand social media, if you're not there and looking at it and seeing how it works, there's a million tutorials on YouTube, or if you want to take a course on one of these things that will in very fast, you know, a half hour to an hour, explain to you how it works. Um, if you work in an office or something, get one of the 20 somethings to, 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 you know, take them out to lunch, buy them lunch and, and, and tell ask them to show you how that works. Make sure you're in your, your kids' accounts. Cause even when we're seeing our kids' accounts, you know how fast these kids make accounts? They make accounts like, like, you know, kids have multiple accounts and stuff like that. You have to be on there. You have to see, you have to know what your kids are doing. And the reason why I, the responsibility of the parent and the father is that ships don't sink because the water around them ships sink because the water that gets in them and social media is a water that will get inside of your boat. And it is, it gets inside of your boat a little bit at a time. And I deal with, I deal in kind of the, uh, in a lot of my work, I see a lot of behind the stage type stuff. I see into a lot of lives. And I'm going to tell you some of the stuff that's come across my desk recently. has even been shocking to me of what kids really innocently. I mean, these aren't like, they're not bad kids, but just really innocently. They get involved in something that are in a chat group or in this group. And they're not, and the kids aren't even really sure you know what it's about and like we said on the on the, the original video we did for this for this um this workshop we're doing um if you don't want to raise your kid those companies will gladly step up and 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 take take that job from you they will gladly um indoctrinate your kids they will gladly set up algorithms that hit their dopamine you know dopamine receptors in their brain they will gladly do things to get them more engaged and more kind of addicted there are video game companies, social media companies, pornography companies, they, they have no problem. They will step in and do your job anytime um, that they see an opportunity to do it because they see the long-term financial benefit of your child. Your child is a is a is an algorithm, is, a, is a, a dollar amount or even a penny amount connected to an algorithm. They're not your child to them. And so uh, understanding that every second they spend here is going into that funnel. And so if you think there's going to be poison that's going to get to that funnel, um, you better get it out. Keep that water out of your boat. The water in a boat is a great analogy because, right, that that is those slow little leaks. And then all of a sudden you don't realize and all of a sudden it's a massive issue. And with social yeah. media, uh, you know, you had mentioned the algorithms, right? And I can even relate to that. Just knowing about all this stuff and knowing the effect it has on us. I, the other night I was setting out, I, I uh, run a few groups in clubhouse and I was setting I, every week in clubhouse to talk about the way they manipulate us. Clubhouse has a setup. So you have to go in every week, set up your room. Even So there's no like option of like, Hey, it's a weekly room. So just keep it going. You got to go in every single week and set it up. And I forgot that I had one and uh, I hadn't set it up and, and I had it the next day. So I went in to do that. Now my night routine is very much protected. Otherwise I write, I read, I journal in any order. And sometimes I just do one of those three, no, no phone, but it was at night. And I was like, I got to do this because I had to get it out. And as I went to go do that next thing, I know 25 minutes later, I found myself just zapped into the phone. And it's like, I, and then after, and I was like, I, I consciously was aware of like, no, no, this, I gotta, this is not how I want to go to bed. Yeah. It's, it's hard to break it. It does something to our brain, right? It, it just draws us in and it's, it's almost like reshaping our brain and the way we react to things. And the stimulus yeah. really does like just get to us. And I'm a, a 34 four year old man who understands this stuff. Can you imagine a, a 14 year old boy who's still yeah. developed? They got no idea. 
right? Well, and- you know, Muncie and I, Muncie and I have that podcast that we do, and we were the whole thing was about disconnecting. You know, that's how it started, and I started kind of on a news fast. You know, the whole idea was like fake news at the time, and I was like, well, fake news can never affect me. I don't see any of it, so I, there's I, there's no way that a fake news could have an impact on me. And then when the election came about and COVID, I kind of tuned back in a little bit. And now here I'm running a podcast about it. We're talking about it. I know the benefit and man, and how fast you get sucked into like, well, what did that person say today? Oh my gosh, I got to see that, you know, and these people are really good. I mean, you know, when your son gets on or your daughter or, or child gets on these social media or on the news, you're, it's like sitting down with high stakes poker players, you know, they'll, 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 they'll take your money. They will, they know what they're doing. They know how to really win. You'll, you'll think you're doing really good. Next thing you know, you'll be broke. It's the same thing like grocery shopping, right? Why do you ever find yourself getting the foods that you know, you don't want to get the sweet stuff, the really sugary stuff, the stuff that really speaks to your temptation. Those are, those are put there by the aisle for a reason on design. Those really catchy pop headline magazines, but all the stands throughout, like everything is by design to manipulate your brain. And so, you know, and the last point on the kids that I just wanted to say before we move on is like, what's most, you know, it's scary that the algorithms can just feed them down a rabbit hole and just convince them of stuff that's not real. Like whether it's the flat earth or, or whatever conspiracy, right? Cause there's just so much information. So why would they think anything else, especially if they're not getting a great education right now when they're learning from home, which they may or may not be getting. There's the, the, the bullying that's just, I think worse in person or sorry, online than on person, because we're putting ourselves out there. I mean, as adults, even when people say negative stuff, it can hurt, but if you don't have a self-esteem of a 14 year old, especially a girl or a boy who struggles with confidence, and then you get a lot of likes of those comments, it just goes really, really bad. But what's really scary is that there's almost no barrier to entry for older people to connect to, to, to boys and girls and, and to act as if they're someone else and to me- set up meeting spaces and stuff like that. So I'm really glad yeah. you brought up social media and you know, what it made me think of is resistance because social media is having that conversation with your kid is, is not comfortable. Like you feel, I, I know for me, I haven't had it yet. I have a four month old, but I can just imagine sitting down and being like, you know, Here's the issues with porn. Here's the issues with predators. Here's like all of these things. That's hard. It's hard. And I I know as humans, we tend to things that are hard for us to do. There's resistance in the way, like things that are challenging for us that are going to break our default mode of just moving through life on the proverbial hamster wheel. There's resistance, right? Stephen Pressfield, uh, he defines resistance as the gap between where you are right now and where it is that you want to go. And so that resistance for us to have those conversations is, is something that we feel we don't see. And it's like many other things in our life that we know we need to work out. We know we need to eat cleaner. We know we need to work in here, right? Especially as men, we were, our, our fathers, if they didn't teach us how to, if they didn't know how to have their emotions and how mm-hmm. to express their emotions, then we certainly didn't learn how from them because they didn't know any better. And so we have a lifetime of, of rep- rep- built up repressed emotion in a way to deal with this stuff that's that's not healthy, right? But all of these things that we might know are good for us, we have that resistance in the way. And so one of the things that I encourage a lot of all of my clients, but particularly men to do is to identify the resistance and seek it as, okay, I'm feeling like this is hard, like anything that's hard for you to do 
is likely that that's the thing you need to do. And so to identify those things and reframe it, like, okay, rather than I don't want to do this, know that, well, the faster that I take action towards this fear, the faster I'll overcome it. And what we, what we imagine in our heads is that when we do these tasks, and, and maybe this might be dramatic for some examples, but oftentimes when we, we think about this change we want to make, it's like climbing this mountain and we might be falling off the sides, we might fall over the edge, but really it's just a few uncomfortable steps. And then when we do go over that edge, or maybe we even fall off the side, we're caught by like this bed of pillows because you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. That feels much better. I feel much better. And no longer are you percolating in your head. You're actually acting in reality. And when you're acting in reality, you're seeing at for what it is, not what you think it's going to be. And so yeah. I always encourage people attack one aspect, one element of resistance each day, because that's going to move you closer to a, a more stable state where you're not reacting to life and you're starting to live by design and not by default, which I think is incredibly important these days. And, you know, yeah. we, no, go ahead. well, yeah, no, I, I was just, I was just going to say about the importance of like, why we decided to get together, you know, for this particular workshop is just to give men the opportunity. You don't have to be Superman all the time because you're not, you know, even yeah. Superman has yeah. like, take off your cape. You know, come to a place where you can be, not be judged and just, you know, learn, connect like-minded individuals. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, it, it, to me, uh, like things like this, like, you know, we've shared so many experiences over the last decade. You know, there's something about, you know, being in the locker room. There's something about sitting around the campfire, you know, being on the fishing trip, you know, with, with the guys. Or if you're like Joe Carver, you know, like beat climbing Kilimanjaro. You know, it, it, things like that, you know, but there's just something about that, that, you know, when there's that that community and, 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 and people coming together, when you know, everybody's kind of got, you You know, you know, everyone that you're in, a, you're in a place where, where even if you don't want to discuss these things, you can eavesdrop on them. And, uh, and, and you start, then you start to see like, oh, wow. You know, I would say the, one of the reasons we started this, the dad's work that we did is that when I started taking calls from dads. I started making two hours of my day available just to take calls. Every dad thought they were just the only ones going through it. They had, uh, they had no idea that, um, any other father was, was dealing with that. And that, that to me speaks that we need more campfires to kind of gather around to talk about these things. And even, again, even if you're just going to sit back and listen, I think there's a real value to listening to others. Cause what I think most dads will see is that there are no unique problems you know, in, in this, that there are really similar problems. And, and then once you see that everyone's kind of having a very similar or shared experience with you, um, number one, you'll just feel better. You know, you'll, you'll just like, it'll just let a little bit of the air out. Um, and then you'll start to see some, some solutions, you know, when you, when you don't think it's just you against the world. Um, I think there's some, some solutions you can, you know, just can naturally arise uh, from these conversations. So, yeah, I'm pumped, and, and I'm, I'm I'm glad that you brought up that Stephen Pressfield because I think those are those are great books. You know, it's it's about writing and stuff like that. But I mean, it's it's really about everything. It, you know, you don't have to be a writer to get something out of those books. They're they're amazing. They're amazing books. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you mentioned like we we need to, to be able to do things together. You know, what I realize in, in a lot of the work that I've been able to do with men, particularly, is that a lot of it revolves around the guys who are 
in that sort of athlete mode or were in that athlete mode that mode they grew up on teams. And, and you know, you think about, about that, right? There's this interesting dichotomy. When we were a part of a team, we all got yelled at by the coach. We all did things that we absolutely hated and we all had really bad moments. And yet we all lifted each other up. We put our political differences aside. We put our, our preferences aside. Someone was dating someone else's girl. It didn't matter when you're on the game field. That was your brother and you took care of him, right? You worked it out to make sure that you were together. And when you go through those emotional experiences, there's a part of our DNA from, from just our early ancestors that needs that tribal connection, right? Cause we needed to yeah. hunt and gather and protect the young that required an army, right? You mentioned two, not one, but then we, we fast forward, we go out of college we slowly start to disconnect from our friends a little bit, you know, here and there, some more than others. Then we get caught up into our jobs, our families. And then what do we do as men? We start to take our emotional stress and, and issues and we either repress it or we spew it out to our significant other, which isn't a bad thing, but that's not what they're there for necessarily. Like there's a, there's an element of having a brotherhood, of having a circle of men that you can connect to who are going through what you're going through. And like you said, maybe it's just to show up and listen. But the biggest thing is to realize you're not alone. You know, Paul, you've been running masterminds for over the last 10 years. And I've been a part of many of them. And what's always been fascinating to me, and we're talking high level masterminds, right? Some of the most successful people in industry. What do we always find? We come there for external success, of which most people already have. What do we talk about? Internal turmoil. Yeah. A, it's a, literally a, an epidemic for men. And so I'm so excited. We guys, we invite you all. It's April 16th. Paul and I are doing an AM and an evening session. We made it as cost effective as possible. There's opportunities to get private one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, but more than anything, it's just going to be a, a, a safe place for you, for us to hold space together, for you to just come learn, listen, and connect. Cause really those are the things that we haven't had too much of, especially in this online world we find ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, everything you just said, Joe, I, I mean, I think you just said it perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. That, that pretty sums it up perfectly. Well, yeah, you know, guys, we would love for you to do nothing else. Check it out. And if you're a woman listening to this, we appreciate you being here for this and, and highly encourage you tag your husband, share it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, share the link. However, and a lot of people listen to this live. A lot of people are going to listen to it on podcast, wherever you find it. Share it with someone in your life who you think could benefit. Because even if we don't see you for the virtual workshop, what we do know is that something said today could literally not just change the course of, of, of a man in your life or yourself, change the course of your life, but it could also create generational change, right? Like Paul said, if we want to be a certain way, if we want our kids to be a certain way, we need to act a certain way, right? And sometimes yeah. it just makes it takes a little bit of conscious awareness. So go out, guys. Check out www.becomethatmanworkshop.com. That's www.becomethatmanworkshop.com. And uh, we look forward to the event. It's going to be a good one. I don't. I know with our schedules, we may not be able to do this again anytime soon. So this might be the opportunity. So we'll go ahead. We'll see you there. And have a great day, guys. Paul, as always, it was great connecting, brother. Yep. Good seeing you, Joe. I right, mean, I appreciate it, brother. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.